This is Bonjour Chai, the Mayim and Yayin edition. I'm Avi Feingold in Montreal, and with all the work we put into the great Canadian Seder, combined with the many glasses of wine we've enjoyed over Pesach, we decided to take it easy this week. But fear not, we have some great quality audio for your listening pleasure. First up, Alana had a chat with TV star and fellow Red Sea pedestrian Mayim Bialik about her new film called As They Made Us, which she wrote, directed, and produced. And next we are replaying our interview with cantor and comedian Aurel Goslan from last year about the Mimuna celebration, which takes place every year at the end of Passover. Enjoy, and we look forward to all being back with you next week. Like, welcome to Bonjour Chai. Well, thank you very much. That's the uh, Canadian joke that nobody gets in America because there's the whole thing. Oh, I get it. And I'm not even Canadian. (laughs) Wow. That is a first. Let me tell you. So um, I just watched your film and I have to say I cried maybe three or four times watching it. It really, really resonated with me. And I also loved how the lead Abigail has a column called The Modern Jew and I have a column called The Jewish Nomad. (laughs) That was fun. (laughs) It was actually, well, first of all, thank you very much. And it was harder than you'd think to get rights to a Jewish title for a magazine. Oh. Um, we, we had a ridiculously hilarious list of things that like I, I would call a Jewish magazine, but many of them were not approved or they already existed. Can you give um, us that an was example? Actually based, that was actually, no, that was actually based after the <laughs> Jewish Journal, which is the, the local Jewish paper here. Um, so yes, she finally, well, I don't want to give away the ending, but yes, modern Jew plays prominently in her writing career. Totally. So you came up with the initial idea for the movie, as I understand, after your dad had passed away and and that year following his passing. So how has the film evolved from that original concept that you came up with? Um, so actually, you know, a very kind of interesting nuance, which I think you and, um, your listeners, followers, uh, will understand. So I observed a very traditional year of mourning after my father passed away. And it was actually after that year, you know, when you finish your year of Kaddish, which I did um, recite Kaddish for him as well. um, It was after that year that like something shifted, like something opened up, which also was kind of um, just an interesting nod to our tradition, because clearly that year for me and the way that I chose to kind of mark it, Um, was a very significant period of time during which, apparently, um, things were able to kind of start being, I guess, released in ways maybe they hadn't before. So it was actually after that year that I started basically having like images come to me and like music and thoughts and memories Mm. and all these things. And that's when I actually started writing. Um, I initially started writing in prose. Like I didn't even own Final Draft, which is like the program that you write scripts in. I had never written a screenplay. Um, So it really just started as prose. Um, I showed that to a very close mentor of mine um, and he encouraged me to actually turn it into more of script form. And then, you know, it's not autobiographical. Um, There are obviously things from my life, from my childhood, from my more recent present 
Um, but then you kind of have to decide like, what, what is the story you're telling? You know, what are the features of characters that will help tell the story in the clearest way? Right. Um, so that's kind of how it kept evolving. And then you get, you know, like a lot of notes from people who are not writers um, saying like, well, why this? And why Classic. is she doing And like, blah, 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 which is fine. <laughs> and I appreciate those notes and the people yeah. who kind of, you know, helped cobble together the finances for a very, very small film. It, it, it took a lot of people. And so yeah. you get a lot of opinions. That come yeah. of and, and how do you navigate um, dealing with really personal content? Because even though it was fictionalized, I know for myself, I actually also work in the acting world. And after my Bubby passed away during the pandemic, I was like, I want to write a TV show. I want to do something. And then I was like, oh, it's so raw. Like, maybe I'm not ready. I need to figure this out. So like, what was your process to keep it safe for you? Um, I mean, it's, it's a great question, um, and, and a difficult one, and I'm sorry for your loss. And, and, and part of the process is also like, what is the expression of your grief and your loss when you're an artist and when you're a creative person? Um, because, you know, for people who are not drawn to those avenues, I'm not saying it's better or worse, but I, they don't have that kind of like longing to create out of emotion. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> it's very, it's very uncomfortable. You know, it's a place where being an artist can be really uncomfortable because a, a lot of the kind of truth of what we can create has to come from things that we know. Um, but what we know is a very vague concept <laughs> because, you know, there's things that I know happened and then there's things that I can feel could happen. Right. And that's where sort of the lines get blurred, you know, between yeah. like fantasy and reality or between art and, and reality. Totally. So, um, you know, for me, there were so many technical aspects of making this film, namely being the director is a very, very technical job that, um, does not just involve directing, you know, and yeah. especially when it's my own writing. I mean, I can't imagine how directors direct other people's writing because for me, they were so intertwined. Like right. I wrote it and here's how I wrote it to look mm-hmm. like this, you know, or whatever. Um, so it, there were definitely the scene where um, Dustin Hoffman and Candice Bergen are, their characters are, are dancing. Like that was one that I when we filmed it and also when we filmed it, you know, just imagine like take yourself out of the screen. Like we had many, many minutes of that of just mm-hmm. the whole crew silently watching, you know, wow. these legends, like having this beautiful, like fun, playful, intimate, sad, you know, moment as these characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like I have a real sense of detachment, you know, from the content at that stage, you know, writing it obviously is very emotional. Seeing it is emotional, but less because of what's happening and more because of the emotion of making, you know, right. this film. So you can take a step back. Yeah. On the so going into like the nitty gritty of the Jewish content of the film, I loved seeing the little subtleties like the mezuzahs on the doors and like the yeah. Hanukkah decorations that weren't explained and didn't look like Christmas decorations, which you see in right. a lot of like Hallmark Jewish movies. I did those Hanukkah drawings myself when our script supervisor, who was oh, wow. Jewish, was like, "The timing of the thing. If this happens on New Year's, right. it's Hanukkah." <laughs> like. Okay, interesting. I was wondering if that was like a choice. Like, I need to set it during Hanukkah for this reason. No, originally there's a there's a New Year's Eve scene, and right. so the script supervisor's job is to track backwards and see where do the and I was like, oh my gosh! And we looked in a calendar to approximately what year right. this would have been. Wow, like, it was Hanukkah that year. Yeah, 
So is that something that you felt was important for you? Like to have your version of Judaism represented? Because I know for me, like I'm, uh, I'm Shomer Shabbat. And uh, that's something I want to talk about in a second. Yeah. But, um, so it's really rare to see a movie that's not about like Hasidic people or like right. really, really secular Jews or like reform. Like I've never right. seen anything that I was like, that's me, which is right. Really cool I mean, to see. I, that's, that's an incredibly, um, it's very sweet. And just on a personal level, like that makes me so happy Yeah. Um, b- because I didn't make a movie about a Jewish family. I made yeah. a movie about a family who happens to be Jewish. Yes, you know? which I loved and- that. And my personal derech, like my, my personal journey is that, you know, I was raised reform. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother was raised Orthodox, like okay. her parents are Eastern European. She did not speak English in her home. She only spoke Yiddish, like very, very strict, very old country yeah. orthodoxy, very different from the modern orthodoxy that, um, you know, that you likely revolve yeah. in and that a lot of my friends and I revolve in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was raised kind of by like a lapsed Orthodox person. So I had all these like mm-hmm. remnants of Orthodoxy that no one explained, like two gotcha. sets of dishes, yeah. but like, we don't really talk about why I'm like, oh, <laughs> breakfast and dinner, fine. Um, and then I took on more observance. I'm technically a balat chuba. Right. Um, I took on more observance in college and, um, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't want to place that as a pivotal point of the story because it's just, it's part of my life. It's part of Abigail's life. Yes. And, you know, there were, um, many, many things from this film Jewishly absolutely echoed, you know, what happened. My, my father passed on Pesach it was Pesach Yantif. It was the seventh wow. day. So the scene where Abigail's father passes and she has to leave, I didn't leave to pick up morphine. I left because it was going to be Yantif and I had to go get my things to come back to have Yantif with my parents. So um, my father died while I was literally, you know, getting my Pesach food. Yeah, it was anyway. So there's a oh, lot thanks. of like Jewish things, but you know, for me, the Shema has always been this like grounding moment. That was technically my first sentence, you know, as a human being. That was also a a piece that really resonated with me because that's like the one prayer that in the years where I stopped being, I grew up religious and then stopped for 10 years because of my acting career. Wow. And then recently started again, like in the pandemic. And the Shema was like this one consistent thing. And I saw that and I literally started crying. Oh, that's amazing. Well, and it's funny because both of the boys cast to play her kids happened Mm -hmm. to be Jewish. Oh, um, so it was kind of fun. neat that they like came Shema ready, you know, yeah. and Diana is Jewish. So yeah, like, yeah, I know. Shema ready. Um, Candace Bergen is not Jewish, but was raised among a lot of Jewish people. Okay. Um, and so she, actually some of the Yiddish in the film is her ad living. Um, Candace wow. has a, okay. yeah, Candace has a pretty large Yiddish vocabulary, um, which is awesome. Um, but you know, reciting Shema when someone passes like that, you know, like those are very intimate moments also linking kind of that universality of, of oneness, but also of like that prayer and identity. And I did want to show, you know, a traditional funeral, which is very, it's stark, you know, I wanted to show also the men who labor for Orthodox families, you know, to do some very kind of rigorous and fascinating work. You know, I, I chose at at my father's funeral, I did not want trucks, you know, filling his grave. And it was something that my dad was not a very religious man, but I knew that he would not want that noise and technology and modern, like, so I wanted to show like, this is also how people do it. And the original, you know, I think it's like six months later is what the Chiron says. 
it's actually supposed to be the year after her Kaddish. So okay. originally there was, there was a synagogue scene, like there was all mm. sorts of other things, which weren't cut for Jewish content, but more just for like, how do you tell the most discreet story? Yeah. Um, sure. Also, Diana it is not typical to wear jewelry at a grave, um, but Diana wanted to wear my personal Mogan David, and that's what she's wearing is the Jewish star that I always wear. Beautiful. So for any scene that was funeral on, um, I, I noticed that my, I would give her my Jewish star. I was like writing my notes and I was like, did that just appear? Because I don't remember that. And I love that. Funeral piece. on. Yeah, yeah, I I all I like um inherited my grandmother's jewelry after her passing and started wearing her mug and David. There was yeah. just like a lot of common threads. Diana was wearing mine. <laughs> there you go. I really want to hear more about how you celebrated Shabbat on set. Cause I read about that and I just need to know how that happened, what that looked like. Um, yeah. Gonna, yeah. Let's start with so, that. Um, what, what happened and I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'll try and, I mean, it's such a fun story. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, I was grateful that our schedule allowed us not to work on, on Shabbos proper. Okay. Um, is that I, something that you ask for in your other contracts or you have to like, cause this is something I'm trying to navigate now. It's very, very, very curious. To hear. It's yeah. very difficult. And it's really only like at this stage of my life and career that I can even think about it. And, yeah. you know, I'm inspired by people like Sasha Baron Cohen and like people who talk about, you know, doing this and like having, you know, I mean, I'm very, very grateful that we were able to do that. I could spend Shabbos with my my best friend Emu and his family in Teaneck in New Jersey, which is mm-hmm. a Jewish neighborhood. So like there yeah. was like awesome kosher food and like that was great. Um, but uh, we did have Jewish crew members. You know, no one was observant per se, but I realized that when Friday approached, like Shabbos happens whether you mark it or not, you know? Totally. Um, so we would light candles. Some people had never seen Shabbos done. So they watched, um, but it didn't feel like we were in a museum, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah. then I would make an announcement every Friday if anyone would like to light. And we literally had crew members like, I'm Jewish and like, I haven't lit candles in a million years. So it was <laughs> Come really, out of the woodwork. <laughs> it was really, but it was amazing. It was a moment of, you know, also letting people see that like, there's a demarcation between, you know, the profane as we call it and the sacred and yeah. Shabbat, we get Shabbat every week. We get that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and also Friday was casual Friday for me, which I always dress casual, but um, that was also funny that the day that I was dressed like the schlumpiest was <laughs> happened to be the day that we brought in Shabbos. And often I would be wearing my Toronto Raptors jersey. Nice. Um, my partner, Jonathan Cohen, is um, from Toronto. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I would often be in Canadian wear lighting Shabbos candles on set. That's so fun. Oh, I wish we had more time, but really, really quickly, just on that note, um, uh, your podcast, Mind Be Alex Breakdown, talks a lot about mental health. And there was a lot about mental health in the film as an undertone, um, just really quickly, uh, do you have anything that you'd want to say about when you started developing an interest in that particular area? Yeah. Um, you know, like many families in particular, like many Jewish families, especially post Holocaust, you know, I was raised with generations of mental illness, you know, that kind of, um, you know, the, the Holocaust was a tremendous impact on my my mother's mother in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of one of those people who never recovered. Um, okay. So, you know, it, it hung very heavy and then it comes out differently in future, gener- in later generations, which, you know, um, the North American Jewish population understands very deeply. So I grew up with you know, mental illness. I, you know, I, I grew up with these things that we don't talk about, yeah. and especially in the Jewish community. There's, there is a large stigma and especially in from yep. in religious communities, there can be even more.
more so. Um, so I really wanted to, to normalize it um, and also show that it's very complicated. It's not one thing or the other. My, my, my home had a lot of conflicts and a lot of chaos and also a lot of love and a lot of yeah. laughter. Yeah, I, I felt all of those things. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And I hope everyone goes to see your film. It's, it's really beautiful. Thank you. And hopefully we'll connect again. I'd love that. Take care. Bye-bye. With us to talk about this holiday is Orel Goslan. Orel is the Chazan of Congregation Or Shalom in Montreal. He is one of the funniest Sephardim on Instagram. Welcome, Orel. Moetov, how's it going? Good, good, good. Thank you, Avi. Thank you, everyone, to, for having me. Uh, it's amazing to be here and to talk about uh, like a festival and a party uh, that's so uh, dear to for, for, for me. Uh, so tell us a little bit about this, the history. Where does it come from? Um, how do people celebrate it in the new world, meaning how did it evolve? Well, basically, um, the history basically is um, we, we, we celebrate the, the Mimuna on the, the last uh, last day of Pesach, uh, the, 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 the exit of, uh, of uh, Pesach. And basically, where does it come from? We know that um, there's a, a big like uh, a, a big concept of uh, the Geula, the holiday of the redemption for Pesach. Uh, we we basically think that uh, the, the the Mashiach the the, the Redemptor is going to come and deliver us all like they like uh, they they uh, like it uh, we were freed from uh, from Egypt at the same time and basically um, what what we hope is for uh, the the Mashiach to come on Pesach and we wait we wait one day after the other maybe it's going to come tomorrow maybe maybe it's going to come uh, the day after and. At the end of the the, the, the the holiday, we realize that it's not here yet. And basically, uh, we celebrate. That's why we celebrate the Mimuna. Is like a a, a a celebration to like uplift the the spirit of the Jewish nation. That okay, he didn't come this year. Uh, the the Mashiach is not here. Um, but we we still we still wait for him, and we we don't lose hope. And uh, we see basically that uh, it can come at any moment. So it's like a an uplifting um, uh, celebration that reminds us basically of uh, of the the imuna, the faith that we have uh, to have, um, and basically that's mm. why it's called mimuna. Also, it's a reason. That, what's uh, it's one of the reason why we call it uh, mimuna. It comes from the word imuna in Hebrew, like uh, don't lose your faith, uh, keep keep believing. Basically. That's so interesting. I love this idea. Um, I, if you're if you're expecting if if you're accepting um, Ashkenazis into the celebration, I um, I'm, I welcome an invitation in the uh, in the mail. Uh, tell me a little bit about what the you know what the night looks like, what the celebration looks like. I know that many of our listeners are curious about it. They haven't been like walk us through what the party looks like. Sure. Well, the, first of all, uh, when you do a mimuna or you, when you you hear about a mimuna, it's like a it's like a brace. Basically, you don't need an invitation. You know that like everybody, uh, like a friend or a, a relative does a mimuna. You like. Doors are open. You don't have a need. You don't need a time. You don't need basically uh, uh, to reserve or, or or say I'm yeah, coming. But, but that's true of that's true of a Wednesday in Moroccan communities. You know, you just yeah. there's nobody needs invitations. You just show up for anything. Exactly, exactly. You're right. That's that's in our, our culture. You know, like there's no they, you just come whenever you want. But like even more at the 
at the Mimuna, basically. And, uh, and we have like uh, special foods like uh, Mufleta, uh, a lot of Moroccan uh, pastries, delicious uh, pastries uh, with like uh, honey and everything. We sing songs, we play festive music, we decorate, uh, we decorate the home, we dress in uh, traditional Moroccan uh, uh, clothes like jellabas, kaftan for women. Um, like doors are open, like I said. And basically, um, I think the, the the biggest like concern on on of the the night is is uh, basically in the food that we eat. Uh, the 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 table is like uh, full of uh, delicacies, delicacies and and delicious stuff. Um, Do you have a favorite? What's your food that you always look forward to at Memuna? Well, the star of the night is basically the, the mufleta. It's like a kind of like a, a crepe, a fried crepe, something like that. You put butter and honey on it. It's, uh, it's a crepe with more butter than actual flour. <laughs> like exactly, <laughs> it's a butter delivery device. Yeah, exactly. It's, so it's that's basically the the, the mufleta. It's like a, you know we 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 it's it's basically like many uh, delicacies and 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 pastries that that contain khabed, khamets, You know. Uh, uh, we, we want to show um, our appreciation of the, the mitzvot by showing, like, uh, we, we know exactly um, how uh, this, the, 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 not eating chametz during the, 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 the Pesach was important. So now we, like, uh, open the, the festival of, uh, of eating chametz with all those, uh, those delicacies and, and uh, d- delicious uh, stuff. It's like, it's like if you go for a month without drinking and then you go to the bar, you're like, oh, six shots. Exactly. It's like a chametz party. Yeah, that's right. Chametz everywhere. Chametz yeah, exactly. You know, what I remember, there was a very symbolic thing that you had to have the bowl of flour. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what's stuffed in it? They're studded with. Yeah. So basically, there's. Right, I remember my meme used to have that, and she would put inside what? The, well, there's there's people that put uh, beans inside and money yeah. also. Um, money. Gold ju- this gold year jewelry. I'm putting in. I'm putting in uh, vaccines. I'm gonna have a <laughs> Pfizer. I'm gonna have a in the flour. I'm gonna put an AstraZeneca. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For 2021, it's a it's a special mimuna. We're gonna have to um to to add that for yeah for sure. So we have like basically the 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 gold jewelry or, or cones in a, in a bowl of flowers. That symbol is, is basically abundance, like, uh, and the spring season with, uh, like, the, the, the beans, the bean stalks. Uh, and basically, like, it's just a, um, a, a celebration to, like, uh, uh, wish the other person uh, good, uh, good luck. And, uh, um, and that's why we say, basically, in, on, uh, on this, this night, we, we say Tarbah. Uh, Tarbah uh, in, in Arabic is... Should you should you win? Should you succeed? Um, and for in like uh, and we say turbah uh, in uh, plural form we say turbhu. Uh, should you succeed for 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 everyone for many people? Turbhu uh, and it's uh, should you succeed and should you uh, should be happy? Should you 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 be full of happiness? So it's like a a really beautiful. Uh, um, a Moroccan festival, basically. I love that. I feel like compared to the bagels, lox, and cream cheese my family has, this seems a, a lot more symbolic of leaving, yeah. going into the Amuna. I, I feel like I've been ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I mean, so it's a big party, right? And I, from what I remember, from what I'm told historically, it was always in people's homes and you would go from house to house to house, right? Exactly. You would have a whole circuit of Mimuna that you would go to this person and then that person and that person. You make sure to do it every year. But eventually it started becoming these big parties like that were communal, right? Where you got a big hall 
and you had the band and you had all of that. Is that so you felt like there's something lost in that, you know, even before COVID? We're not we'll talk about this year in a minute. But uh, what, what do you think? Like in the new world, that's much more the, the concept of Mimuna has become that you go to one centralized Mimuna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think uh, it, we, we always had like the, the, the two options, you know, because and, and that's the, 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 the beauty of it. You know, people, yes, go from a, a house to another house. But what we do for, for the people that don't go, don't, don't have anyone to go to, you know. So that's, I think, like a, 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 priori- a priority that was done in, uh, in Montreal, I know at least. Uh, I think it's, it's something that uh, started like maybe in North America or, or in America and in, in the United States. The, the, the big uh, community, community Mimuna, because I think in Morocco there wasn't that. It was really uh, private uh, from home to home, like we said. And so basically, like, I, I feel like it's, 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 it's ways and um, initiatives that we need to do because nobody, there are some people that don't, don't have basically where to go or uh, don't have relatives. So to give them like this, this sense of, uh, of like a party of, uh, of Emuna, of uh, good so, food, I think it's, it's something so that's this big, necessary. these big communal parties were, were like, they were almost like the communist version of the, it's for the people, right? You yeah. It for the people, it's the socialist Mimuna. Yeah, exactly. Right? As yeah. opposed to the capitalist, the VIP Mimuna is in the homes where you can really be, uh, and if you don't get invited anywhere, you feel a little bad and you go to the, the big parties, but it, it's it, not really for the cool, not the cool people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly. And it was uh, uh, in the past uh, years, I, I've like assisted to both, uh, like in, in, in houses, uh, Mimuna and, and big community Mimunas. It's always like a, a, a chance for uh, the Jewish community to like uh, establish like uh, uh, bridges and, and communications with, when, with other communities, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. we always, I remember like uh, the, the, for example, the, the, the Mimuna that the CSUP used to, to do uh, the Sephardic uh, community of uh, CSUP used to do in, uh, in Montreal, we always ha- would have like a uh, representative of the, of the Moroccan uh, consulate here, uh, the the uh, others um, representative of the the Quebec government the Canada Canada government so it's like I think by opening it to like uh, many more people we were also um, able to like uh, reach to other um, communities and and do something all together you know the the an inclusive uh, basically uh, kind of mimuna uh, for for every. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the society that we we are part of. Aurel, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you. Are we gonna see this on your Instagram? Can you tell us how to? Uh, can you tell everybody who's uh, who's listening how to catch a little taste of uh, Mimuna in a year where I think that we need to be uplifted? Yeah, sure. So basically, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be able to like uh, I'm gonna post for sure. There's gonna be like a, a, the explanation. I'm actually doing like a, a little quiz. Uh, to more than preparing um, for social media to see basically on the on the the, the, the meanings and and the, the the sources and the the, the customs of, of the Mimuna. So basically, yeah, I'm gonna for sure this year is gonna be different. So as much as we can show, as much as as we can share with the world and and uh, make this uh, this Mimuna party a virtual one, for sure we're gonna do it. Yeah, what's that gonna look like? People coming in and out of different breakout rooms. Uh, yeah, well, basically, I know, I know that uh, on on my personal Instagram, I'll post like uh, 
um, uh, pictures of food and everything, uh, like the, the songs, uh, the, the, the different uh, customs that we have and everything. And I know that uh, the, the, the CSUQ uh, this year uh, organizes a Zoom uh, Mimuna um, also yeah. um, with like a, a, a Moroccan band, um, like a live Moroccan uh, music. There's going to be a re- representative of uh, different uh, uh, communities and everything that's going to they're going to have a speech. So basically, even if COVID stops us for, from getting together, we have, we still have this technology to, uh, to, to, to do that, uh, together. Have you guys been, uh, Melissa, Alana, have you guys been to Mimunas ever in the past? I have never been. I, my cousins are half Moroccan, but I, I never got invited. <laughs> they would come, they would come for the bagels and locks with us first and then go to their Memuna and then we would stay home. I'm told the, uh, you don't need an invitation. I've, I've actually gone to one and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm taking Aurel's, uh, uh, word as to, to crashing many, many more in, uh, in my future. <laughs> Can you crash in Mimuna? Oh, there's yeah, no crashing. definitely. You yeah. got to just that there's no invitation. So, well, so then what are the, I mean, what's the etiquette? What are you not supposed to do at a Mimuna? Good question. That's, I, don't, I don't think there's like a, something that you're not supposed to do. Um, I mean, like you're not supposed to stand in the kitchen and take every mufleta that comes out. Well, if right? you're able to not do that, that's, that would be a good thing. Yeah, for sure. But uh, it's hard to do that with the smell and you, you see the, the like... Uh, the, the 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 ten Moroccan uh, women and and that's that's something that that I I, I used to love also uh, the the private mimunas that we, we would have we will always like see um, neighbors uh, like Muslim neighbors uh, come to the mimuna and everything and like share the kitchen you know the recipes that they used to do like uh, um, in Morocco so it's like uh, basically it's something that like uh, reunites uh, uh, everybody. From every every like uh, different culture, so it, it's and I don't think there's something that uh, you should uh, you should not do. Uh, you, you're invited to do everything for sure. With COVID, you're it, it's it's harder now. I'm curious about the music. Are there specific Mamouna songs or just general Moroccan music? Yeah, what are the songs I'm missing out on? Well, basically, there's it's the the, the there's no like typical like. Uh, Mimuna songs, but as soon as you put like Arabic songs or or Moroccan music, you're in like the the good uh, in the realm. Uh, yeah, in the good vibe. So, yeah. so tell us. I mean, uh, I mean, you're cool. a Hazan. Well, we can get into the to, to, to some of the songs that are your favorites. But I'm, I want to take a step back there. Some of the foods people. An Ashkenazi person, right, who has never been to a Mimuna, right, I said, to, to explain to Alana and Melissa, some of these foods, we're going to try not to uh, say Gesundheit uh, or bless you when you say the name of the food, because uh, you might think that it's a sneeze, but it's not. Um, tell us some of the classic <laughs> foods and uh, what they're made of. And I want to uh, I want to hear a thumbs up, a thumbs down from Melissa and Alana. Knowing their predilection for sweetness and desserts, I'm going to hear a bunch of thumbs ups. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but um, I've probably tried a few of them from from my aunt. But let's see if there's ones I haven't. We'll start seen. with the mzaban. That's a, that's a good one. Um, well, basically, uh, the, the 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 I think it's uh, based of uh, I think it's uh, almond. No, I, I I remember tasting it. It has yeah. almonds in it. So Alvi, you should you should you should explain because you. <laughs> oh, okay, fine. So I always like to explain that one. That one's basically marshmallow fluff with whole almond stuff. Exactly. In it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm into it. Oh, into it. 
That's Thumbs a winner. Up. Right. And if you're at a loss and you didn't actually make it from scratch, I'm sure there's like some nouveau Moroccan like person who's like, oh, I'm going to do my first, you know, Mimuna. And they just take a whole thing of marshmallow fluff, dump it in a bowl, put two almonds in it and like, oh, that's it. I got it. Um, what other foods, what other foods would you see other than a mofleta we discussed? Um, some, are there any specific, like what's some of your favorites that you're going to go right for on the buffet of food post-COVID <laughs> next year when you hit your Well, basically, house? I think uh, we have the, the shbakia. It's like uh, something, uh, it's like a Moroccan pastry with like a uh, honey and uh, uh, I think uh, it's nuts and everything. It's delicious. I'm going to get better than you. Sorry. It's a loofah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like a, like a, sh- like a shower <laughs> loofah. Right. But then dipped in honey. Wow. The, the, yeah, the, the, yeah. It, it looks like it, but it doesn't taste like a loofah. They, they don't. No, 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 <laughs> no. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we have that. We have also like uh, burkoks. Burkoks is like a small cir- cir- uh, circular pasta. Also, it's like uh, called, I think, Israeli couscous um, for, for some mm-hmm. people. And we basically um, put it with, uh, with milk, uh, with butter. With, uh, oh, I've with, had uh, that before. Yeah, it's delicious. Honey, honey and sugar, sugar, everything, you know? <laughs> like, the, the day yeah. after you call your dentist, you know, I have uh, a lot of uh, uh, work to do on my teeth because uh, so many, so much honey, so much sugar. Um, and we have, like, also, there's this tradition of um, putting uh, a jug of buttermilk, you know, petit lait, l'bun, so that we call that. And we, some people put it in their in their burkoks, in their uh, pasta, like that, the small circle pasta. Um, and basically, uh, some drink it like that out of the out of the uh, the jug or from a cup or anything. Um, and it's just, it's called petit lait in French. It's, it's just it's buttermilk. Have you ever drank straight buttermilk? Right? Only if you've spent a... No. I think only if you've spent a... Only if you've spent a week drinking pure, like, Arak... Right? Are you going to go no, and need buttermilk to like of... get it out of your, the taste <laughs> out of your mouth? Of I'm remembering now something that was I can't remember the first word, but it was something ole. Would that be the same thing? It was it was something else that was really sweet, and I I think there was it was the same one, right? I think so. Yeah, you want le yeah le petit lait, petit lait, c'est vraiment like the buttermilk and like les pat yeah. les pâtes au lait or like les petits plants. Um, Israeli couscous is like really the the burkoks uh, uh, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think they called it something slightly different, but I, I think I've had that one, and I remember thinking it was really, really delicious. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Like you, you, you. I think we we just um, we we just save all the sugar and the honey uh, of all all year. <laughs> we put we put it in in the pastries. As the like, son of a uh, Moroccan, that is absolutely not true. You use that sugar and honey all the year, also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Come on. You're right. But like, it's like. We overkill it at the Bimuna. We. I'm. I'm not here to disparage bagel lux and cream cheese because it's a. It's a very big staple of my diet. But I feel like there is a world out there that I am missing. So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Mimuna hopping uh, as my. As my. As my. Uh, you know the thing that I'm going to do next year to. Uh, to break Passover. <laughs> On a more serious note, um, you must have remembered what it was like last year, um, Mimuna, right, or the night of Mimuna when we were so into like we had just started this idea of being at home um what was missed out within the community tell us some of the sentiment of the community and how did now that we've had a year to prepare right how are we gonna you know what's the the, looking forward to this year but what was it like last year knowing that you can't go to everybody's homes and you can't visit in the same way well it was it was honestly uh, it was depressing uh i see it like uh like it was really hard for for the community um we're used to like uh, basically uh you know uh just uh, like we said, uh, hopping from uh, from Amimuna to another one, um, it was it was really hard. 
thank God we, we were able, like, there wasn't any curfew, so we were able, I remember in my case, at least we were able to, like, get the mufleta from uh, family members to, to, to at least, like, taste it, you know, in your, your own home with your own family. So, like, the, 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 the this, this sense of, like, uh, of a party, it was really, really, um, really hard not to have it uh, last year, and it was a miss because... Um, also, you 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 look forward to it because you you're not able to uh, sometimes pass pass over with uh, all of your family members, and Mimuna is like the the the, the, the occasion to like um, meet everyone, see everyone. And last year, even this was taken uh, out, uh, off uh, for us, um, so it was like a really really hard uh, last year. But you know, the the, the we had the, like uh, the traditional mufleta for those who uh, were able to get it from families. I know a lot of uh, of bakeries and uh, and uh, caterers uh, do it uh, before Pesach. You can like order it um, to have like this this taste and uh, this taste and uh, continue like the 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 minhag and the custom of tasting it and the the classical basically the the classical call uh, call your your whole family and. And wish them well, and the the turbah. So even if the physical um, meeting wasn't there, there was like the the spirit of the the muna. Not as happy as before, but uh, but we, it was still there. And what about this year? This year, yeah, that uh, that, that this year is going to be, I think, uh, maybe maybe the 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 same thing. Maybe not as depressing because we, you know, uh, maybe I I'm, I'm like. Uh, exaggerating a bit but it's it's a party of of emuna it's a party of like uh, faith of like uh, seeing the light after yeah <laughs> exactly you know so basically i think yes we won't be able to like do big parties uh, b- 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 like like before a bit like uh, last year but i think just seeing the the light uh, at the end of the tunnel with the vaccination and everything brings us hope brings us light brings us like uh, maybe not this year the Mimuna with everyone, but at least uh, uh, next year we, we, right, we should right. hope for it. It's like everyone keeps saying instead of next year in Jerusalem, next year in person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, next year Mimuna at your house, uh, crushing uh, one after the other. Yeah, uh, what, what I find it fascinating, first of all, as an aside, that you know it's so you know you're, you're perfectly representing what people think of stereotypically of Moroccans. There's no Ashkenazim like you're a little happy, then you're a little sad, you're a little happy, a little sad, but mainly you're flat in the middle, <laughs> right? Mimuna, biggest party ever. No Mimuna, I'm depressed like you couldn't possibly imagine. It's the saddest thing in the world that I have no Mimuna this year. Next year it'll be the Harvey Pep party again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Do we? Yeah, we we try to we 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 love the we love the the, the party we love, we love the good food we and it's it's uh, it's just uh, an opportunity to 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 see everyone to 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 have a good moment and uh, we hope uh, to be able to do the that soon. Excellent. Um, any last uh, ideas? Um, what you know about uh, you know? T- tell us a little bit about how, as an aside, where you uh, how you developed this persona online of. Uh, being like I said, the funniest Sephardi guy on uh, on Instagram. <laughs> well, basically, I that's that's the thing. I I, I started with this page, like it's like my name, Oral Goslin. Um, and the thing is, a lot of um, Moroccan uh, Jewish kids uh, with the melting pot that we have and everything uh, in, in Montreal and in Quebec, sometimes they're not even like uh, aware of their own like customs, uh, 
their own traditions and everything. Um, and you know, what's 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 a better tool than social media today to like sensibilize them um, uh, on that and like uh, make them learn um, from where, where they come from and what do they do um, and like the, the different customs with, but not with like a like I teach you that's it like with with uh, with jokes with humor with uh, with uh, just like by the, by the social media of fun and the songs and everything and you know that that's the the the, the goal you know I I feel like we we have to 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 reach to those uh, young people or to people that are living in like uh, remote areas where there's no Moroccan or Sephardic uh, around them and basically try to remember to make them remember from where they they uh, from where they come from and uh, hopefully it, it'll help them also uh, figure out where where they'll, they'll go with their their own uh, path in in life and that's uh, that's uh, what I'm trying to do because uh, it, I think it's it's a priority uh, the thing that I, I told you and I shared today on the show it's not like um, it's not stuff that uh, a lot of uh, young Moroccan today uh, necessarily know. So uh, that's that's the goal of of the outreach. All, always in a like fun uh, fun fun vibe, uh, jokes and uh, uh, sometimes it's just like with the way our parents talk. Uh, you know the recipes, the songs, and it's basically like you know I have kids that yeah, yeah. or people that tell me yeah. uh, you know I I've grew out of all of this and just seeing your video reminds me mm. my uncle my aunt my my grandmother my great grandmother you know and and you go and and, and directly but through your video they like connect with their roots and you're like wow i'm just here like doing my my funny guy but i i reach people and i and, and it's crazy to see the the power of of social media basically. Look, you have a powerful reach all you have to do right now is put out a video that says listen if you'll do anything for the mashiach right you'll have a mimuna to for the messiah to come Get vaccinated and the Messiah's gonna come. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, the, that's for sure. And, and I, I I posted like uh, last time um, uh, a, a picture on of the of the vaccine and uh, like me getting vaccinated. You know the the famous selfie. Um, and it it was a uh, it was nice. You know you it's it's crazy sure. how much how much impact and how much uh, how much uh, influence you can have just by posting something or sharing something with with the people, so that's why, uh, th that's what we do. Thank you for listening to Bonjour Chai for the week of April 22nd, Chol Hamoed Pesach. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Technical production by Andre Goulet. Our music is by SoCalled. We are a project of the Jewish Living Lab and are distributed by the CJN Podcast Network. You can listen to all our past episodes on our page at the cjn.ca slash bonjour, and you can subscribe to the podcast and automatically receive all episodes on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like Bonjour Chai, we'd love for you to tell a friend and get them to subscribe. As always, you can email us with comments at bonjour at the cjn.ca. And on behalf of Alana and David, I'm Avi Feinbold.